your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 330 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by The Locker Room. Thank you to everyone who joined us in the locker room for our live watch party of the NHL Draft Lottery on Wednesday. Make sure you download the app and stay tuned to Locked On Senators. We'll let you know when we expect to be back there this week. It's interactive radio, locker room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, it's mock draft season well underway. Already three from our trusted sources. We'll let you know who Ian Mendez, Craig Button, and Cam Robinson have going to the Senators at number 10. And Pilsy's got his eyes locked on a certain someone. We'll let you know who that is, why he's of interest, and the playoffs are still rolling along. We'll check in on our sends abroad. We had a back-and-forth game in New York last night. The Islanders and Bruins, great matchup there. And we'll get you set for game two between the Habs and Jets. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Friday, June 4th, and Pilsy, mock draft season has officially begun. Versions 1.0 are out. The Athletic had all their beat writers go one by one. Elite Prospects put out theirs with Cam Robinson and Craig Button as well. But you have a certain someone circled who was not on any of those top 10 lists. Yeah, well, let's let's start with my mock draft 1.0 for the Senators. And yeah, this is a really early, early decision. And this is just a guy I've been locked on lately. Go to the Athletic, check out Scott Wheeler's article on him. But the guy I'm talking, Ross, is Cole Sillinger, a wow. centerman. He's a legacy player. His dad holds the record for playing for the most teams in the NHL, 12 total teams. Former Senator, yeah, he had about... Uh, two half seasons there. I don't think he played a full season there. But Fun fact, he played less games for the Sens than any of the other 16 teams he played for. Wow, geez. You must not have liked Ottawa that much. I don't know what's going on there. But his his son, Cole, like the reading Scott's article, like the grind that this guy puts in, this is one of those kids where, and I love hearing this in uh, in articles about young NHL players, where his whole life teachers are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? NHL player. No doubt in his mind. Everything he has worked towards in his life is leading up to this NHL draft. That's what he wants to do. And he has an incredible shot. Let's get to his on-ice talent now. Go and watch a highlight video of Cole Sillinger, all his goals in the USHL from last season and he's in Sioux Falls so he's obviously getting some of that North Dakota water in him which the Ottawa Senators love seeing in their prospects so you mentioned Sioux Falls the only reason he's there is because of the WHL the uncertainty surrounding it this season so you'd expect him next year to be back in Medicine Hat yep that seems like it's going to be the plan back in Medicine Hat with the Tigers and 
this kid, like he could just score goals from any angle. And that's what I love seeing in prospects. You guys know last year watching Tim Stutzla highlights, I was so frustrated watching him pull off a million dekes and then just get kind of smothered by defensive coverage. Cole Sillinger doesn't do that. And Tim Stutzla doesn't do that anymore either. He's learned to use his shot. And we saw that at the end of the season. So I love seeing that. But Sillinger from the top of the faceoff dot, top shelf, in tight, making goalies look silly with clean shots that are beating them. No screen, no tip, no deflection. They don't have an answer for this guy. And I love that kind of drive for a centerman. Look at Josh Norris, a shoot first type centerman. That's what I love to see. And I think he could be a really good piece for this Ottawa center. And it seems like he he's a guy that has a really, really high ceiling. Yeah, one of those guys, I think he's going to take a little bit longer, maybe two, even three years. Might be a guy okay. that plays in Belleville as well. But those natural abilities that you can't teach, he has in spades. And you mentioned you like the fact that he's got the bloodlines. Is that something you think the Sens value as well? We know they do, but is are you valuing Sillinger for the Sens because of that? Or is that something that you like personally as well? I'll go with both on that answer because I think the senators have made me appreciate how valuable that is with look at all the legacy players they have already. Like it's almost uh, it's almost more common that any young sense player has a dad that played in the NHL than it is that they didn't have a dad that played in the NHL. So I just think it, it instills the right values, habits, work ethic, all that kind of stuff from a young age. Like, Cole Sillinger doesn't need you to tell him he's got to be at the rink at 6 a.m. to start working on his shot. He's going to be there at 5.30 working on his shot. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the kind of thing that it, it's it's hard for someone who didn't come from a hockey family to really get uh, involved, immersed totally in a hockey culture life. Whereas for guys like Sillinger, guys like Bath and Batherson, guys like Norris, like this has been their life and their upbringing. They're seeing their dad do this from a young age and they're like, that's what I want to do. There's no other question in my mind. That's what I want to do. So I think when you got a guy who has a work ethic, hockey IQ, and the shot, and a centerman like Cole Sillinger, he's a guy the Sens need to be targeting, and I got my eye on him for sure. He finished second in Rookie of the Year voting in the WHL to Dylan Genther last season. Obviously, it was cut short due to COVID. We know Genther's another top prospect here, but a winger, whereas Cole Sillinger, a center right now, do you think that's where he projects at the NHL level as well? It's tough to say because uh, obviously when you're in younger, less competitive leagues, like you're going to be able to play the center position with much more ease and a lot more relaxed uh, expectations on you. Whereas when you get up into the NHL, your face-off ability is going to go down. It's a lot harder to win face-offs in the NHL. And a lot of the time, a guy with a good shot like that teams see him being good on the wing like get a someone who can play more transition passing game at center and then put a guy like cylinder on the wing feed him the puck and he scores so i could see maybe there's an opportunity that he would switch to the wing but from everything i've seen it seems like he's mainly played center which i love yeah i like that as well he was born in columbus while his dad was playing for the blue jackets but by all accounts, I mean, he represented Canada uh, at the under-17s, Canada White. So I don't think that's an official event. I know that he would be able to play for USA or Canada, just like we saw Jake Sanderson play for Team Alberta, but then ultimately represent the States. I feel like Ottawa's got a few of those guys as well. We know even Brady Kachuk's got the Canadian bloodlines with his ancestry in Winnipeg. But that being said, I like Cole Sellinger as a pick. He was not on any of our three mock drafts, 
right after we tell you about our friends at Wealthfront. Well, if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade only individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you. In minutes, no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market go up and down every day. They automatically handle all investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free. How? Go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. Guys, last episode, I told you about the new Built Bar flavor. It was Grasshopper Cookie. If you haven't tried those, head to BuiltBar.com and order some. They are delicious. The mint and chocolate mix is so good. But there's so much more that Built Bar does well. As you guys know, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There's so many different amazing flavors to choose from. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Now, maybe right away you're saying covered in chocolate, that can't be good for you. Well, Built Bar makes it healthy. It's a treat that will also give you health benefits. It's great for the health conscious guy or girl. The texture is soft and easy to chew. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. You're going to be so into all these flavors. You're going to order one box. You're going to love it. And you're going to want to order more. And Built Bar is such a great sponsor and a great team that they have ways for you to reward yourself by getting more Built Bar products. It's called Built Bucks. Sign up today at BuiltBar.com. Get your free Built Bucks for signing. You can get more Built Bucks to put towards buying Built Bar protein bars by sharing things on social media. Uh, Every time you order, you get a certain amount of them if you're logged in. So make sure you're capitalizing on that because we love Built Bars here at the Locked On Senators podcast. I have one pretty much every day. The weather is getting nicer outside, so you can bring them with you when you're going biking, hiking, or just hanging out in the park. But the best way to enjoy Built Bars is go to BuiltBar.com and it tastes a little sweeter if it's a little less expensive. So we're going to give you a promo code just because you listen to the Locked On Senators podcast. And that promo code is LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So not only are you getting a promo code from us, go get some Built Bucks by signing up. You're going to save so much money on these delicious protein bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy. I mentioned mock drafts are the talk of the town right now. And I think we already mentioned Ian Mendez because the Athletic got theirs out right away. He has Chaz Lucius and there's a great article as well. Scott Wheeler just pumping out 
the articles. We'll have to have Scott back on the show. He's been on twice with us before. Great guy, great writer. So Chaz Lucius was Ian Mendez's pick. Now, he's an interesting cat because he came back from a huge injury, missed half a season, but when this guy's healthy, he might be the best shooter in the draft. This guy can pick corners. He can snipe with the best of them. And, I mean, his numbers look just that. If you want to go check them out yourself, they're – like goal per game, basically his whole life. So Chaz Lucius was Ian Mendez's uh, pick, but elite prospects put theirs out last night. I want to roll through all of the 10 picks leading up to Ottawa, because I think that we're starting to see some trends. Now, number four, I believe will be Luke Hughes to the New Jersey Devils. That seems by all accounts, that's where it's going. Now of interest, Simon Edvinson, who was seventh or eighth, I think on Craig Button's, Cam Robinson has him going third to the Anaheim Ducks. So one and two stay power and Beneers, even though he has Beneers going one to Buffalo. Where it gets interesting is he has Brant Clark falling all the way to number nine, just outside of the reach of the Ottawa Senators. But where does he go with the Ottawa's pick? Well, Tony Ferrari told us about Kent Johnson, and that's who Cam has him picking. Kent Johnson would be the ultimate boom or bust prospect. Do you think that's outside of the comfort zone the senators like to draft it might be because i think we've we've noticed a trend of the ottawa senators picking safe players with those high first round picks like they don't really try to swing for the fences too much they try to get a guy who they know can play a certain role and they'll work with that whereas i think this year you're picking 10th overall you have a chance to really make some noise. And I think this is a year you can take a swing like that. And I love Kent Johnson from what I've seen from him. His backhand is so nasty, which is, which is something that uh, a lot more NHL players are putting in their toolbox around uh, these days. Like having a backhand is so good because you can be deceptive with goalies when you're coming in on a breakaway. Are you going to go forehand, backhand? Either way is dangerous. And this is a guy who played on a stacked, Michigan team and he still was able to make an impact behind Maddie Benier so I think he would be someone that could fit perfectly for the Ottawa Senators if he's still available which I think from most mock drafts it seems like he's still going to be available in this range now one note and Vancouver has the ninth pick even though he plays at the University of Michigan just like Owen Power who's a Toronto kid Kent Johnson is from North Vancouver. So there's a little bit of familiarity, the hometown aspect there would be kind of ironic if the Vancouver selects an Ottawa native at nine, either McTavish or Brant Clark. And then Ottawa goes out and takes a homegrown Vancouver kid. But this guy tore up the BCHL 101 points in 52 games last year. Then as a, as a freshman with Michigan, 27 points, in 26 games and get this Pilsy a plus 16 although that team was pretty loaded so take that with a bit of a grain of salt only two minor penalties only four penalty minutes as well in those 26 games he's an offensive driver he's creative as hell I saw he's got a couple of cross goals to his name back in the uh in the BCHL where he lifted on his stick and the Sveshnikov I guess for for a easier term but this guy is as creative as there are in the draft I'm just worried that maybe once the defense gets better at the highest level that he won't be able to pull these moves off but if he can this is another player who can put asses in seats with his electric play with the puck 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I want to see the Sens go for for a guy who has that dynamic ability. And I'm not saying Tim Stutzla didn't have dynamic ability, but when you're picking third overall, you kind of expect that. Now at 10th, there's a little bit of a mixed bag there. But I think you have a full enough cupboard that you don't need to go with the safe pick. Take, take a big swing at a guy and bank on that upside. I think it's time to do that. And that's what the Senators need. They don't need another safe second-line center. They need a guy who can possibly be a number one center. And if they have to take a little risk, then that's what you do. Like Tim Stutzler says, no risk, no fun. Now, Ken Johnson is an early birthday for this year's draft. We've seen the Sens kind of lean towards guys who are at the tail end and almost eligible for the following year's draft. But I kind of like it in this situation. Guy was a little more mature. He missed the cutoff to be in last year's draft by just over a month. So he's October 18th birthday, 2002. It's wild, the 2002 2003 birth years getting drafted, but that's just an aside. We're getting old. He brings the full package of offensive magic. Now he's a smaller size, only listed at 165 here, but you got plenty of time to put on some weight. I would expect him to be going back to school. So you get to see him at his sophomore year and just another reason to follow NCAA hockey with the Nodak sends. And then if Michigan gets Kent Johnson back and Luke Hughes is going in as a freshman this year, we'll see what happens with power and veneers if they turn pro, but there's going to be a lot of development happening under former Ottawa Senator Bill McCult, who's the head coach at the University of Michigan. So, Pilsy, that's where Cam Robinson has him. And we've already talked a little bit about Mason McTavish. That's who I have the sense hopefully getting at 10. But when I saw Mason McTavish at number five on Cam Robinson's elite prospects, it gives me an inkling that he ain't going to be there. Yeah, I, I really like Mason McTavish too, but I'm trying to hold off expectations knowing that I think that is a guy that's going to be taken. That, that's the big difference between this year and last year's draft. Hey, Ross, like before last year's, we knew it was going to, well, we didn't know, but we were quite certain it was going to be uh, Lafreniere and Byfield one and two. So, you know, you're going to end up with Stutzla and then there's only one pick in between three and five. So there wasn't as much different arrangements, whereas all the way at number 10, there can be so many changes that you're not expecting. Especially, hey, the Columbus Blue Jackets have a pick in the top 10. They might go wild off the board like they did last season. Yeah, seriously. That's actually where Cam Robinson had Mason McTavish going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now they've got John Davidson back to help steer the ship with Yarmo. I wonder if that affects anything. Hey, former goalie, and he was a high draft pick. Maybe they take a swing on a goalie, even though they have quite a few in the pipeline. But with Bobrovsky gone, who knows? what Columbus could do. They are about a bit of a wild card in this. I think if Detroit at six can take the goalie, Jesper Wallstadt will be a Detroit Red Wing. So I'm not going to get my hopes up yesterday's show. I said, I've talked myself into taking him a 10, but I bet you all the other locked on hosts who have teams in the draft above 10, they're like, he's not getting there. And I would tend to agree with that. So I'm Tempering my expectations, much like you are with McTavish. For me, it's with Wallstad. I don't think that's even going to be an option. But it makes for a good debate point because the goalie, it's such a wild card position and all that. But, man, he's going to be an absolute stud. So lots of draft talk to continue to get into. But, Pilsy, we had a little bit of a rumor here out of Toronto. We know that they've had trouble holding on to their players outside of their core four, and that's what happens when you overpay everybody. But with Zach Hyman, who's a pending unrestricted free agent. Frank Saravalli reported on the DFO Rundown, his podcast, that he heard a rumor, doesn't know how true it is, so take this with a grain of salt, that Toronto offered Hyman a $5 million AAV, not sure the term, and he said no. Does that surprise you? 
No, I don't think so. I think Hyman really knows his value. And he I don't think he's going to take a hometown discount to just get knocked out of the playoffs in round one every year. He wants to go a place where either he can get paid or win, win a playoff series. And you can't blame him there. He doesn't want to be in Connor Brown's situation where he has all this untapped potential and doesn't really get rewarded for it. So I think that's a great move by Zach Hyman. And I think we're going to see teams on the open market be more than willing to pay him that amount. Man, missed opportunity to transition out of our draft talk to Zach Hyman, who played four years at that same University of Michigan. But since turning pro, he's also been a stud. Like This is a guy who goes into the battle every single night. And you can't say that about many Maple Leafs. So it's really important for them to keep him. Or do you also think that he saw what Connor Brown did once leaving? Now, Connor Brown didn't get the opportunity to play how many of his percentage of minutes with Boston Matthews. I feel like Matthews and Hyman are kind of attached at the hip. So there is that to push up his, his stats in the regular season. But what do you think this guy can get on the open market? Yeah, I'm not sure because because the I think the term is going to be the interesting thing here. I think he can command a certain dollar amount, but if it's going to be short-term, long-term, I'm not sure. I, I don't see him taking a short-term quick money grab, do you? No, no chance. I think that he's going to sign at least a five-year deal. I, I would expect it to actually be more. Yeah, so, and like this uh, crop of free agents is not that stacked this year, especially for guys of Hyman's caliber. I mean, there's not many guys like Hyman in the league available. You, you Landis you go- Cog. Well, <laughs> yeah, Landis Cog, yeah. I think the Colorado Avalanche are going to bring him back, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. But um, there's not a lot of guys like that available. And usually, if they they are in the league, the teams lock them up right away. They don't take any chances. So it's going to be interesting to see how Hyman plays out. This is be a guy who would fit nicely in Ottawa, but I don't know if Ottawa's uh, willing to pay the price tag there. Yeah, I just pulled up uh, Zach Hyman's stats on natural statric with and without Austin Matthews, and he's the same player with or without him. Like, Still generates more shots when he's on the ice with or without, but they did play just this past season over 315 minutes together. So they do play together quite a bit I think that he would be a perfect fit for many teams I would like him in Ottawa but I think that's just getting a little greedy especially when you look at where the fit would be you'd have to move on from someone whether it would be Dadnov or somebody on the left side maybe moves to center does Nick Paul play down the middle next year there would have to be some shuffling that goes on I just think the Sens are set at left and right wing on the top two lines with Connor Brown and Drake on the right side and Tim and Brady on the left side. So I think it would just be quite uh, a shuffle that would have to go on to fit him in. Definitely. And I think if you're looking at this team that doesn't have a Connor Brown, a Zach Hyman type player, then maybe you're like, okay, we need a guy like that. But you've already got Connor Brown, a guy who is an elite goal scorer, apparently. He's a great penalty killer. And you got him at an amazing contract. So I think that's a reason why it's not uh, that pressing of an issue to try to overpay for a guy like Hyman. Love Zach Hyman betting on himself, though. And when we like to bet on what we're thinking, we go to Bet Online because it's the official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And they're giving you one of the best welcome bonuses in the entire industry. It's the only place that has you covered, the one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Here's how you go about getting that 50% welcome bonus. Sign up today for a free account by going to betonline.ag. When you sign up for your free account, it'll say, 
make your first deposit. Of course you want to do that. And when you do, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bingo, bango, bongo, $100, boom, 50 right there. Put in 200, $100 is automatically put into your account. Pillsy, show these people how to turn that free play money into real dollars and cents with your Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. Yesterday was a tough one, Ross. Just one overtime goal away. Oh. I had Boston and Tampa. Carolina gets it. But you know what? I'm glad Carolina got it uh, because that extends that series a little more. And I think it's going to be a good series. So now we got the North Division and the best series, as Ross Levitan likes to term it. And I'm going with the Winnipeg Jets here because... There's no way after what happened with Mark Shifley that this team isn't going to want to send a message and be like, look, we lost one of our best players, but that's not going to stop us. We're not going to make excuses for that. So I'm taking their money line at minus 110. Now off to Colorado and Vegas. Ross, you know where I'm going with this. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. Vegas, Golden Knights, but the money line is pretty underwhelming at only plus 101. For the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche money line is minus 111. So it's tempting for me to switch. But like I said last time, I'm sticking with my gut, not my head. So the Vegas Golden Knights money line, I'm taking that. So we got Winnipeg Jets money line, Vegas Golden Knights money line. Put 10 bucks in. You're going to win $28.37. That is Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book expert. All right, Pilsy, you touched on some of the series in your playoff parlay of the day. And one of those going tonight is the. Avalanche and the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights put up a much better effort in game two, but still fell short in overtime. And now the series changes over to the Nevada desert. What gives you confidence that the Vegas Golden Knights can pull out a win? A bunch of things. Being back at home is massive. Like I said, that barn is absolutely wild. I can't imagine what it's like in playoff time. So they're going to be rocking that roof right off. And second of all, they're down 2 nothing in the series. And what's the old saying? You're not in trouble till you lose at home. So if they lose this game at home and are down 3 nothing, they're in big trouble. So I think this team has too much pedigree. They have too much going for them this season. They're not going to let it squander away. Mind you, they're up against the best team in the NHL. So it's not like you could blame them. But I, I really think they're going to push back and we're going to see them win game three. I don't. I just think the Colorado Avalanche are too good. And um, this sucks for me because I had a, a future on Vegas to win the Stanley Cup. But the, the Avalanche, they come at you in waves. They have so much skill on all their lines. They're defensive. They just roll through them, and they're so dynamic. And Philip Grubauer has played outstanding when he had to as well. Those final two periods of game two, Vegas was all over Colorado, but Grubauer stood tall. So I've bet against them in the past. Hasn't gone well, so I'm done betting against Colorado. You're saying Colorado's going to sweep the Knights? Yeah, I think it Whoa. might be. I, I just don't know who's beating them. Nobody's beat them in the playoffs yet. They're 6-0. and If anyone can beat them, it's Vegas at home. That's all I'm going to say. Imagine Colorado-Montreal, an absolute bloodbath in the next round. Like, congrats on winning Canada. You get to play uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Have fun. With Kadri back, maybe. Or, fun fact, is it still the Canadian division, especially if they wear the Nordiques jersey? I mean, this is a Canadian franchise that moved to the States. We. Oui. 
<laughs> we say vrai. Uh, it'd be awesome if the Videotron Center could host one or two of those games, although we know that they're busy with the Quebec League playoffs in the bubble that's happening in Quebec City, which is just crazy that the queue is still going on. It's June 4th right now, but we'll save that for another day. We're locked in to the National Hockey League right now. The Canadian Series, uh, Montreal-Winnipeg game two tonight. Montreal, a very hotly contested win, not on the scoreboard, but with all the, the um, brouhaha, I guess you could call it, that went on with the Mark Shifley hit on Jake Evans. We're, again, wishing the best for Jake Evans. He will not be in the lineup, of course, tonight. Neither will Mark Shifley. He received a four-game suspension. Your thoughts on the length of his punishment? That's a big punishment to hand out. And I think people are underestimating how much value playoff games have. Like, when you're looking at four playoff games, that's, that's like massive. Yeah. Exactly. And and think about it. I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. But he might not play for the Jets' in this playoffs like they could get beat by the Montreal Canadiens and Mark mm -hmm. Shifley will not return I'm not I don't think that will happen but that's the severity of losing a guy like Mark Shifley for four games that's absolutely massive yeah well you look at from the perspective that if Winnipeg can push it to a game six it'd be a nice boost to have for him to come back in the lineup we also don't know the severity of Dylan DeMello's injury he left and did not return in game two so a little sends abroad news for you there. Otherwise, it's been quiet. Mark Stone doesn't have a point in four straight games, and Pajot's been pretty quiet as well, although his Islanders put up a good fight against Boston. But, man, again, just like I said about the Avalanche, this Bruins team is quite outstanding. Like That would be an unreal cup final, I think, Boston and Colorado. But what are your thoughts here after three games now with Boston having a 2-1 series lead? We should say, though, two of those games did go to overtime. Yeah, and that's I think that's the way the Islanders are going to have to win this game. Bring it all the way to overtime and get lucky because they got outshot 41-29. to 29. And people are saying, yeah, that Marchand goal, that's tough for Varlamo to give up. But he had only given up one goal on 40 shots before that. So I don't think it's really fair to say you got to yank him out of there. Why did he get put in in the first place, Ross? I thought Sorokin was doing pretty good. Yeah, they're just using two goalies. I think that's kind hmm. of been their M.O. all season long, and Barry Trotz is very comfortable with it. seems like the team is as well. Sorokin, I think, had some struggles in his last game. I think it was game one of this series. So you go back to Varlamov, and he was unreal last night. Yeah, and like... Man, that's just classic Brad Marchand, right? Like, he's the guy that's mm -hmm. going to do that. He's the guy that's going to get that clutch goal from a weird angle and be be the hero for his team. Like, that's just what he does. So you can't really blame the Islanders too much there, but I don't think they have much of a chance here. Like, this Bruins team without Taylor Hall could probably beat them. Add Taylor Hall <laughs> and Curtis Lazar, and you, oh. gotta, you got your work cut out for you. Yep. Yeah, you got to think, what if, if you're Kyle Dubas, couldn't match that price, eh? They prefer to give up a first for Nick Felino, And I know Felino was dealing with some injuries and all that, but, well, now we know how that ended up for them. So what's your prediction tonight, Jets and Habs? Yeah, I got Jets. I got Jets winning this one. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think really they're going to try to send a message and and say, look, we're not using this as an excuse. I think that's the kind of coach Paul Maurice is, and they're going to come out flying. 
All right. Well, enjoy the game tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have more coverage next Monday. So have a great weekend. Follow us on Twitter for daily news. Hopefully we get some Sens news, maybe a Brady Kachuk contract this weekend, or we can get in to some Drake Batherson talk next week as well. Plus it's draft season. Hopefully we get some more mock drafts and we'll be talking to our friends and our people around the industry who maybe can give us a better idea of which way the Sens could be leaning at number 10. But as I said, thank you for listening. Enjoy the weekend for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitt, and this has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.